What's up guys, here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 119, you're with my guy, Bretton, how are you? Well, I gotta say, I'm 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 a little bit depressed. There's all this club soccer around. There's I just said soccer. Football. You hear that, right? <laughs> I'm I'm back in the United States. You can tell I'm back in the United States. Snap back to the old ways, but no, I'm depressed. I'm I'm not in Portugal anymore. I had a great time with you. I had a great time with Lucien. We got a lot done. We had a lot of conversations. I got to meet family members. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but no, I'm back to my little uh, upstairs room here watching as much football as I did previously. So that's the only thing that's pretty amazing. Um, but how are you doing? I mean, come on, you got to miss me a little bit, right? <laughs> I loved you being here, mate, and many more <laughs> times to come. And thank you to everyone yeah. that is liking our content and helping uh, th these moments happen more and more. And if you want to see more podcasts just like this, do not forget to like yeah. this video, okay? And tell us that you're enjoying and make sure to comment your thoughts about any, any topic in this podcast. But yes, a lot happens in football, in yeah. football. And just giving a yeah. special, special congratulations to a big moment. I think it's a game-changing moment. Tournament in Portugal, it was. In Morocco, it was. In Nigeria, it was. Which was the Women's World Cup. A big congratulations yeah. to who, Bretton? <laughs> Uh, we're going to congratulate Spain because this is now, I'm going to say it right now, this women's team is the team to watch from here on out. Um, ah. And and what makes, what I know, I know. I, I think I we mean, can beat them. They're going to have, you you probably could. I, I just think that this is a big moment um, because I, I do think, and I'm going to say it, I mean, the women's, our U.S. women's team has been the bellwether, has been the best team for a long period of time, at least collectively. And I think that's changed. It's... I think we are now. I think we are now playing catch up. And uh, Spain to do what they did mm -hmm. with the the disconnect between their federation, with them missing a bunch of players, uh, but them still playing very very attractive football. Um, you you got to hand it to them. Uh... Um, but it's nice to see a new World Cup champion. It's... it's nice to see a new one. It's fantastic to say what you're saying. I completely agree. And it's Alexia, which was the Ballon d'Or winner, wasn't the best player in the Spanish team, oh. which is very, very interesting. Trust the youth. And also Barca won the Women's Champions League before this tournament too against Wolfsburg. Yeah. So they were high expectations. So yes, people, if you want us to talk more about the Women's World Cup, tell us in the comments section. And I want to talk about Linda Caicedo if I can. <laughs> so oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, what intervention now with the Premier League. Tottenham yes. rebuild is real. Ange Postegoglu yes. deserves to be given the same time as Arteta to, for, to, for him to develop this Tottenham team. Everybody, I think, can agree the structure is being put in the Tottenham team. And Big Ange is mm -hmm. doing exactly that. Right now, Tottenham, with Papsar and Bisuma, have one of the best duos in midfield. And if you told that to Tottenham fans a year back, they would say that wouldn't be possible. And those two players were Correct. just in the team. Two Man of the Match yeah. uh, awards to Bisuma in his last two games. That's bold. That's I, cool. <laughs> I I am here for that every day of the week. Um, I mean, Basuma has been dragged through the mud. Uh, Sar previously, who's still only 20 years old, also dragged through the mud, was sent uh, about as fast as he got to Spurs. He was sent right back out on loan. Um, and to see him, to see the glow up, to see him get his first Premier League goal. Um, yeah, you got to give it to Big Ange because he's not using the players um, that, 
I guess one of us would expect uh, in Premier League caliber. And let's be honest, it's still early in the season. But all signs point to a, a more structured approach, a more team oriented approach and I think there's one thing that I've often said that you know maybe I'm kind of you know sugarcoating what we've said in the past but Harry Kane moving on while it hurts in the moment is possibly the best thing that's going to happen to Spurs in the long term they got to move into a new era um and and that's what we saw and it was a big big win for them against Manchester United I don't know if I agree with those terms because if they needed a striker though in this game and I agree True. with you that Tottenham is in a better mentality-wise. Maybe I mm -hmm. feel you. Body-wise, body language, the team is more united with Postecoglou sure. now. But I don't think it, I don't think it's the Harry Kane leaving. I think it's more of the manager. Being honest, I think the manager is establishing his philosophy, and I don't think Harry Kane was going against that. But one thing's for sure: if Tottenham mm -hmm. do not sign a striker that can score more than 20 Premier League goals. This is all just yeah. chit-chat, and they will not be finishing in the top four of the Premier League in the next two to three seasons, regardless yeah. of anything. Yeah. So they need to figure out the striker problem, and I'm dying to see, dying to see who they, who they will get long-term. But one thing, too. Ange Postegoglu yeah. with Tottenham knows his stars, too. Son is a star. Romero is a star. And he's building up James Madison big time. Destiny Udog is looking much better. Bohu. Yep. And I was surprised with Vicario. Vicario surprised mm -hmm. me in that match against against United. And something could be mm -hmm. coming up from uh from now this trust, this new goalkeeper. So this is what I'm seeing. It's a, a new it's a new re it's a rebuild. And it's the start mm -hmm. of new references at Tottenham. James Madison, Kuluzewski, Udogi, Pedro Poch, Miki van der Ven, Vicario. All yeah. players that are new and they were needed. You need a new references yeah. for this team. And maybe, yeah. maybe, just maybe, if he's given the time, he will be getting to the top four race. But to think he's right now at wow. that point, not, no, yeah. no. It's not fair to have top no. four expectations no. right now for Tottenham with the team they have. But big congratulations to Andrzej Postegov. It's early Early stages, yeah, and and you named all those those new players, but I would also say that Sar and Basuma are as new as the others because they <laughs> have been kind of rolled back into it and given a new lease on life with a new boss and a new structure, and it's going to be really interesting to see where they go. But I have to ask you, and this mm -hmm. might be a separate topic, but who? I mean, you brought in a hundred million for mm -hmm. Harry Kane, um, who? would be the best to line up as a replacement. I know we've talked about Santi Jimenez okay. in the past. I know we've talked about, hey, Gift Orban and some others. But if you're going to spend that good chunk of change, um, I got to ask you from maybe 1 to 10, with 10 being the most likely, mm -hmm. what do you think the chances of Spurs landing a 25, 26-year-old Lautaro Martinez <laughs> would be? If they spend 70 to 80 million for him, then yeah. it's, uh, they're quite possibly going to get him. But I don't think that's going to be the yeah. case. I think Lautaro will no, wants either. to stay at Inter. I think for strikers, yeah. I think Spurs has to get a striker this summer. This summer straight away. And I would have gone for Boniface that went now to Leverkusen. <laughs> and if you know, you yeah. know. If you know, you know. Tottenham yep. should have got him. But Gif Dorman that you mentioned right now for 20 to 30 million yep. is a realistic option to buy. So if I was Tottenham, I would get Gif Dorman 
And I would get Taremi too from Porto. It will be very difficult to convince Porto to sell him after they sell Otavio, sold Otavio, sorry, to Al Nasser. But Taremi would be an instant impact and he has something to prove for the Iranian people. Taremi has a huge why and he can be great at Tottenham. So it's it's a tough market. It's a tough market. So direct replacements, no existent. There's no, no. <laughs> you cannot replace Harry Kane with a better player or a player with the same standards for a cheaper price. That's why Bayern went to I, Tottenham. <laughs> but you can uh, replace I, I, with potential. I, I, and Gift Orban, Santiago yeah. Jimenez would be two great signings in my point of view. So it, yeah. it, it, it'd be huge. And and both of them, I believe, were on the score sheet over the weekend. Um, mm. So gives them even more uh, data points to, to sift over. Yeah, <laughs> no, it wasn't good. But, uh, you know, Jimenez was on, on the board and even uh, Orban was part of the comeback for Ghent uh, to pull a point out. But listen, mm -hmm. how much of this Spurs match, this Spurs win, mm -hmm. uh, was Manchester United just not connecting? I, I, mean, that, that, I agree. I agree. And this yeah. is the, this is a good switch part, which is, yeah, mm -hmm. Man United, they did not deserve to g even get a draw from that Tottenham match. Yeah. It was a huge mat match from Tottenham, I agree, but big, big worrying signs for Man United fans from this match with Tottenham. You lost 2-0, and the way you're playing isn't better than last season. Bruno Fernandes, no. Rabona, that was beautiful. Rashford one-on-one, -on -one beating the defender, that was fantastic. And then Garnacho, that didn't lead up to a penalty, which that would have been remembered. But regardless of those moments, Man United, just like they did beforehand in this new Tottenham Stadium, they have to dominate, dominate any team that's competing for top four against them. And Man United didn't do that. They had their first loss in this new Tottenham Stadium over the weekend. I know Eric Ten Hag is now getting pressure off for this, but this is happening. Why? Why is Man United in such a bad state right now? Because they have no striker. Hoyland is not playing. So I think that's a big, big problem right now. They should have Rashford on the wing. And the second problem is Mason Mount is not playing better than Eriksen last season. He is not looking fit for the role at Man United. And regardless of all those Twitter posts that I see, MN7, that will not... Mm -hmm. MN7? No. MM7. All those Instagram posts of Man United, they will... They won't do anything, mate, because the Man United fans are seeing yeah. the Mount isn't working out with Eric Ten Hag. So there are two signings that are marking Eric Ten Hag's uh, era in a bad way, which is Mason Mount yeah. and Anthony. And both these players cost the club more than 150, uh, more than 150 million pounds. So that's why they're being so judgmental. It I get you. Yeah, Matthew. yeah, and uh, uh, right. I didn't even really need to say anything. You walked <laughs> me right into that argument. I mean, it 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 baffles me, and and that there has not necessarily been improvement per se when it comes to the Antony or it comes to Sancho. I mean, you've still got these these guys that I think United mm -hmm. fans would like to see wake up and smell the coffee, or um, at least fight for the badge in a way that you saw those Spurs players fighting for the badge, right? That was a caneless Spurs. That was a caneless Spurs. And you could even argue it was a strikerless Spurs if we looked at what Richarlison was, you know, doing or not doing up there. But when it comes down to Everything it, but I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, I, I, there have not been very good, great, solid signings from Ten Hag, at least from a development perspective of growing uh, into it. Um, wait, I guess wait, the wait, only wait, one wait, that wait, you could wait, say wait. so far... 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Casemiro still, per the money spent, Casemiro, I believe, is the best signing that they've got so far. I Lisandro think... Martinez did not look good in this game. I, I agree. Lisandro Martinez, the butcher for many people, didn't look good with Tottenham. But it's it's a fact that last season, Casemiro, okay, the red cards yeah. wouldn't help. But Casemiro, Lisandro no. Martinez, all had a positive impact. Mm. No, oh, oh, definitely. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying they did. What I'm saying is that um, th those that you expected to grow, it, they look like they took a step back. We'll just simplify it without me trying to explain my warped way of thinking here. But it doesn't look as if they're, um, you know, going to be incrementally better or mm -hmm. even much better this coming season. I and I, I, I just, like, really, Hoyland was the guy that you were looking to put everything together up here? Yes. I mean, Rashford looked, he looked one-dimensional. Yes, for the I, most I, part. Think, I think Hoyland is the, the guy that you're expecting to change everything, yes. Because uh, the moment Hoyland gets into this team, Rashford then is another wing. Yep. And there's a lot of, of tasks that you shouldn't just ask Rashford to stay up forwards. And you can say that with Veghorst, Man United were playing better. Uh, because Rashford was playing left wing and playing towards his strengths. And now with Hoyland not being there, that can't happen. I'm more talking about like, where's Martial? Where's Martial? Right. In a case of any injury of, uh, of, of Hoyland, it shouldn't be Rashford going striker. It should be the right. second striker in the team, uh, Martial. So that I would be pointing yeah. fingers more at him. And yeah, Mason Mount, mate. Eriksen. Mm -hmm. Makes a huge the moment Eriksen come came on to this game, Man United looked mm -hmm. better, not much better, but better. So no. that no. that that itself is a worrying sign, worrying sign. But I just don't understand how you spend this amount of money and you get so little. Uh, whether it's Mount and and I still think it's too early days it's early, to, to count Mount to count Mount out. But I'm I'm talking more oh. about the two hundred million spent on Sancho and Anthony. Um, Anthony just baffled me from day one, considering he, what, 46 goal involvements in 80 or so Ajax appearances. Um, Madueke at Chelsea had 10 less goal involvements, and he cost literally like a third of the price. I get you. And he's two years younger. I get you. And Anthony, I, I just think that there's bad, bad business for the most part being done. Now, it's not like... They can't do top four. They can't get to top four bad. We obviously saw that last season. That's not an issue. I just don't see how these current signings, except for maybe Onana, <laughs> incrementally makes them better or makes them better than their standing last season. And as you've said in the you said in the preview, that it really is all about standing pat. Mm -hmm. Um, right? It's about welcoming back, not welcoming back, but Champions League football, one mm -hmm. and two standing pat in the table and that is considered success this season i guess i guess i expected to see from a qualitative standpoint mm -hmm. from what i'm watching i expected to see a a much more inspired uh display and i gotta say you know even bruno look lost um so maybe they'll grow into it uh but as of right now i mean ten hag ten hog as say a uh recruiter um i i think i think if we, we have to pick a negative Right, a big negative on his side of things. It just doesn't seem like it's, that's his strength. I what don't do you think, think? I don't. I think a manager should be working with the board at the same time. And if he's doing mm. all the transfers by himself, I'm giving him a thumbs up, honestly. Because because before Ten Hag, they wouldn't get mm. anything right. And at least right now, they're convincing an Onana. They're getting a uh, Lisandro Martinez that worked for one season. But 
I would, but you're saying more on Eric than Hyde. Yeah. I'm saying more on Mount, mate. I'm saying more on yeah. mounts. A lot was spent on Mason Mounts. And if you're spending that on an English international, you're expecting immediate results. And he's not showing anything better that's adding quality to this Man United team. That's why Man United fans should be putting question marks with that. But with Eric Ten Hag, please, Man United fans, don't go on top of Eric Ten Hag right now. Hoyland is not there. He's still in the middle of a rebuild. Maguire is leaving. McTominay's leaving. Mm -hmm. Aaron Wan Bissaki's trying to let him go because that law has extended. <laughs> Bissaka, no. He's trying to convince teams to buy Bissaka so he can sign a yeah. proper right back. So he's in the middle of a year that he's still improving the team. I think if he's given the same time as Arteta, Man United will be mm -hmm. in a much better spot because before Eric Ten Hag arrived at Man United, like they were, they ended sixth. It was their worst points uh, total ever in the history of the club. And, yeah, they needed a change. Yeah. And this is why he's here. And he's won a trophy and got Champions League football in the meantime. But tell us, what uh, are you thinking, Man United fans, okay? what Do yeah. you think it's Eric Ten Hag's fault? Do you think it's the recruitment of Eric Ten Hag? What is happening? Be but talking about recruitment with Man United, just ending our minds. Yes. And it's Man United had a chance in the past... <laughs> Oi, Man United had a chance in the past to recruit a player like yeah. Haaland with, mm -hmm. uh, with Oli. They had a chance to recruit Guardiol. They had a chance to <laughs> recruit Caicedo even in the past. Yep. And they didn't. Mm -hmm. They didn't go for them. Mm -hmm. And even in Kunku when Ralf Ragnick arrived. So True. you need to get to that stage. Okay. And, and it's unrealistic for Man United fans to have the expectation that they can compete to win the Premier League this season. City's much Ooh. better. Arsenal's much better. I even dare to Ooh. say Newcastle gives them a better place right now than Man United. Okay? okay. They need to figure out okay. the striker. And they must, must have a better midfield with Eriksen there. Because Mount is not looking good. Being honest. Yeah, well, who, who was it that essentially uh, didn't, thought there were too many chefs in the kitchen? Ralph Rangnick uh, needed to go. Who was it that made that decision? That was a ten hog, you know. That was a ten hog led decision. I feel like Rangnick, if he was the one pulling the strings in terms of talent identification, or at least helping ten hog in terms of talent identification, they'd already already have a center back in beyond Johnny Evans. And now you've got Rafael Varane potentially um, being chased by Saudi teams. Um, so it's it's really interesting to me how if you know that one mm. Rangnick might not have been a manager. But he certainly – you can't question his ability to identify talent but right? long-term. Sancho he's got a and Varane wasn't him, rate. though. It wasn't him getting no, no, Sancho. No, 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 I understand that. But, I mean, new. Uh, they need a new center back, mm -hmm. absolutely, in my opinion. I agree. Um, and, and, yeah, I don't know if Mount would have been a guy that, uh, that Rangnick decides to bring in. Um, so I, I just think that Rangnick would have been a nice kind of soundboard for Ten Hag. Um, even if it was uh, a clashing one long term, um, whereas but, but Ten Hag likes the control, so I I, I, I get it in one in one sense. He is coaching no. Austria, so like I don't know okay. if it was a a mutual. You could, can be better elsewhere, but tell us what are you thinking, people, yeah. about all the Man United gossip with transfers and what do they need to improve. Oi, but yep. it's not just Man United. That game was quite good. I agreed to, anal uh, to do an mm -hmm. analysis. But another team that deserves the spotlight is Brighton.
Brighton oh, are definitely one of the protagonists of this transfer market this summer. Okay, yeah. selling Caicedo. And the mm. way they are playing with this Zerbi is just fantastic to watch. They've sold Caicedo, but we all know mm -hmm. what's coming next. Mitoma, Evan Ferguson, yep. Enciso. Yep. All of them. Estupinan. Estupinan. Okay, Estupinan. Bart Verbruggen <laughs> still on the on the bench, but we know when he comes up, he'll be bold. And don't forget, Adingra too. They're all going to be yeah. selling these players for bold prices. It's just going to yeah. come. It's just going to come. You it, know it. <laughs> it. It is. But if you if you asked me um, where I thought Brighton would be after okay two match days, but where I thought Brighton would be after two match days after they sold. Uh, mm -hmm. Alexis McAllister and Moises Caicedo for 160 million plus euros. Uh, top of the table would definitely not have been my pick. <laughs> top of the table with as many goals as they've scored. Top of the table for the first time in club history. I would have never at, at any point. Doesn't even matter, you know, by, you know, at any point after uh, a game has been played, it is absolutely insane that we are talking about a completely different midfield. And they didn't play Dahoud, who played in the opening day. They played Billy Gilmore this time out. True. I mean, it's it's really, really impressive that Roberto De Serbi is building a team that has to have these interchangeable parts. It can't just be, or they, he's already proven, that it is not just a Moises Caicedo. It is not just an Alexis McAllister pulling uh, the strings. And I, I, I love that just in, in terms of, it's not simple, but I love the, in simplicity of thought, mm -hmm. how it's meant to be a team over uh, one person, over one kind of transfer saga. Uh, so I'm really interested to see where it goes. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that I get out of Brighton and mm -hmm. DeSerbi in general is what he does with the players that are the mainstays around it. And I know we've said this in the past, but it bears repeating because Solly March right now, and again, it's two match days in, Solly March has been with them through thick and thin. He's only known Brighton, Hove, and Albion, mm -hmm. right? He has been with them since 2011, 2013. He made his debut, I believe, and he has been with them, and now he is joint leading scorer after two match days in the Premier League with three goals, and I believe he even chipped in an assist, mm -hmm. right? It is, it is the guys that he is getting out performance from that I am most impressed with. I really, really am. I mean, Adam Webster coming in, um, John Paul Heck, who no. none of these guys are really going to be talked about well, as the season progresses. Webster was but 20 it, million. It, <laughs> so. Oh, you're right. You're right. Webster was 20 million, which, yeah, but Dunk. I mean, come on. We've talked about yes. Dunk, um, Jason Steele. Uh, these guys are all outperforming. No, and agree. it just, it, it comes down to me that it is all about the system and it's not about necessarily the players in the system. You, um, so but it's beautiful. Going with what you say, it's like Brighton have so many players that their uh, career high is playing at Brighton in the Premier League and fighting for top yeah. six football. Webster, you said, Steele, like Lewis Stunk. Pascal Grob, yeah. Solly Marsh, no. like, like the amounts of players that are role players that know their position is elite. And Estupanian and James Milner as fullbacks, Buddy. that is Huge. actually a pretty nice fullback duo. Okay, and this it is, is it's is. a big change, and the mentality of Brighton has changed. And the Zerbi has a big hand in what you're saying and mitoma mate yeah. i don't know for how yeah. much mitoma is gonna go for but oh i know he's 27 God. but 
in terms of wingers, one-to-one, Mitoma is one of the best in the world. And to put people on their seats on edge, watch it's watching Mitoma. That's what it's blockbuster yeah. signing for any team that gets what him in the future. Exactly, that goal. What a goal. But yeah. my question with but, you with but, Brighton, but it's, it's sure. Brighton, will we ever yeah. see? No, this is not, not will we ever. In the next three yeah. to five years, will we see Brighton mm -hmm. in the Champions League, Brighton? It's uh, just based on Premier League history. It's just virtually impossible. We've never seen something um, Newcastle as sustained did it. as this going from small. I, I, Newcastle did it with a cash injection. I get you. Newcastle did it with a cash and, and very savvy moves. I don't just want to throw it all out there as just cash is Eddie what Howe. made Newcastle good. Eddie Howe is a massive part of that. But Brighton is very, just such a different, such a pleasing flavor of Premier League come up that I want to say yes. I want to say yes so bad, Alex. Um, but I, I just I just can't because of the amount of money being thrown around in the Premier League. Um, and ultimately, you know, we are talking two, two match days into the season, um, and we have not seen Brighton punched in the mouth yet mm -hmm. uh, after 30, you know, 35 match days or 34 match days. And we haven't seen them deal with a European competition just yet. But I am very much here um, <laughs> for wanting to say yes so bad. You know what? Screw it. Alex, I am going to say yes to what? that Brighton <laughs> absolutely could get Champions League football in the in the coming years. Oh, they could. But what it's going Oh, they right. could. What it's going <laughs> But but I'm but I'm too cowardly to say that they will. Okay. Uh it, it it's just it's a wonderful wonderful story because you talk about Matoma and we haven't even really broached the subject of Julio and Cizo. Um barely even, you know, uh, barely even kind of on his feet in the Premier League yet uh, up until last season. And his last three months were absolutely electrifying that this 19-year-old. Yeah, and five, he had two assists from each wing um, in five minutes in this match. And it, he's 19 years old, and it looks as if he's been in a Premier League team for the last three seasons. No, you, you know? you're and touching good with that. It's true. Julio Enciso. It's beautiful. Julio Enciso shows mm -hmm. the recruitment and the execution of Brighton in the transfer market. The fact that they've yeah. signed such a young player that is so talented and no Premier League team even had them on watch, that is insane to yeah. do that. What he did in five minutes, two assists is it. Well, that's the thing. Elite. I'm going down the list here, Alex, and I got to ask you out of um, these four players, maybe even five players, Who's your next $100 million man? Evan Ferguson. Um, striker. Oh, well, there Easy you go. One. Didn't even need a list. Because 18, um, striker. Yeah. He's going to be the the icon of Ireland in the next 20, 10 to 20 years. Like, I yeah, I'm going with Evan Ferguson. Yeah. I think it's very well, marketable. Very marketable to I'll, get $100 million. I'll go with Enciso. I'll go with Enciso just to be different. And the <laughs> fact that he's 19. And he, he definitely brings a very odd skill set to the game right mm -hmm. ferguson's an out and out striker but enciso can play out and out but he's also behind the striker he can he can be an architect mm -hmm. he can th there's a lot of really good to his game i think the only worry you can throw out there that ferguson does not have the problem with mm -hmm. is size in the premier league nobody's oh, nobody's basically uh you know uh, given him given him the old roy Keane mm -hmm. um welcome but when it comes <laughs> down to it i mean here here's your weekly reminder 
that uh, this is Brighton's transfer policy in a nutshell. And mm-hmm. I know most of you that listen to us more often than not, you've heard this before. But here's your weekly reminder mm-hmm. that Mark Kukurea was considered a absolute necessity for the way Brighton plays previously. With Potter. They sold him off under Potter. You're right. But they sold him off and they netted 50 million plus in a transfer profit. And on top of that, we all can agree they brought in a better left back. A left back that, you know, in the first two matches this season, so far, and there's a lot more to go, uh, he is one of the more electrifying left backs in the league to watch. And uh, I I just, I love, you know, I know we talk and we wax poetic about it, but I don't know how you can't like this story. No, no, no. You know, there's no history here. Mm -hmm. There's no history here that says you have to love Arsenal, you have to love Manchester United, the heritage, the, the all the times they won, the years past. This is a club that is literally writing their history right now and i th- i know that's probably that's doing a disrespect to previous history with brighton but well, history in the premier league is being built right now and it's just such a fun ride to be on it's, it really is it's the fact that brighton in a year got 389 yeah. million pounds in sales and we all see their team and we see evan ferguson yeah. mitoma adingre and and Cizo, and we all think that's 250 million more that's what's mad yeah. That's what's mad. It's the development really? and the process that they're doing things. But tell us down below, what do you think about Brighton? And anything about the Premier League, tell us what do you want to hear. Do we go to top four, Brighton, Or is there anything in the Prem that you want to still touch base upon? <laughs> well, I think we have to talk about Manchester City pretty quickly. Well, um, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why Super not? Cup. Come uh, on. Yeah. Because no, not just the Super Cup, but you know, over the over the weekend, this game against Newcastle. Um, yeah. Listen, Kevin De Bruyne. That news, and and by the way, it was Manchester City's first Super Cup win. So it's a it's a uh, an actual trophy that Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. Well, Pep might have won it, first but time Manchester there. City <laughs> had not won it. Right, and first time there. So, but the bad news that came on the foot of that was very clearly that Kevin De Bruyne uh, has mm-hmm. surgery. Uh, he is out, and uh, it's a next man up type of uh, scenario. And I just have to say it: twenty-three years old, um, <laughs> Phil Foden. It feels like slinks back into the shadows and then comes out when he's asked to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my gosh, putting him centrally, uh, putting him in as a kind of a direct architect of things of that offense. Uh, what a just a refreshing. Uh, John Stones like you know tactical switch uh, by Pep Guardiola um, oh. <laughs> that really did pay it paid dividends it paid dividends right away and it was nice to see the 23 tw- year old Foden who's <sighs> literally won everything under the club sun uh, club winning sun mm-hmm. uh, he fed Julian Alvarez another 23 year old has literally won everything under the sun mm-hmm. in club football. Uh, and you've got these two um, leading and orchestrating the attack. Um, mm-hmm. Whether or not they can do it over the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 windows with Champions League football um, on the horizon without KDB, that remains to be seen. But I just have to give Phil Foden credit where credit's due. That yeah. was a wonderful performance against Newcastle, and I believe he was the best player on the pitch by far. Uh, I agree. Phil Foden was the best player on that pitch, and that assist to Julian Alvarez was quite exquisite. And I agree. I agree with you with the fact that maybe mentally, Phil Foden feels he has more responsibility on the pitch with De Bruyne mm-hmm. and Bernard Silva not being there. Okay, so it's quite it's quite interesting to see what's happening with that. And Cole Palmer is given more of an opportunity. And but I true, still true. feel Man City have to get a Dani Olmo or a Doku. 
they must go to this transfer window to get more signings be just like that. Because De Bruyne has gotten injured in the past. But that Silva could yeah. get injured. Foden could get injured. And the posture and the fact that they're weakened without Mares is a fact right now. Yeah. So yeah. And, but Gundogan played quite well. Gundogan played quite well. Uh, no, Gundogan. Kovacic. Kovacic, Kovacic played, yeah. played quite well. And Guardiol, his first start, that was a quite a good start as a left-back too. Yeah. But Foden, yeah, it, Foden it, it, is it, finally doing what we were expecting. So now mm -hmm. he needs to keep on going and showing that he's a world-class player with his ability. Yeah. The importance, and that the trust of Guardiola, he has it. Now it's all about consistency yeah. to start for England. Yeah. That's what he wants. Well, well, the, the, there was another piece of uh, bad news, I guess, that came out about City um, or for City mm -hmm. uh, that they were pursuing, obviously, Lucas Paqueta. And we don't need to. If you mm -hmm. want to go read about the controversy surrounding that, it's just very some very it's quite um, suspicious. Yes, it was high up. Yeah, it is. But, you know, when you and I were talking about Paqueta last, we thought that that was as good as done. We thought it would be Paqueta mm. um, and Paqueta. Um, when it comes down to it, would have been the the KDB sub for the most part, uh, right? No, uh, I'm, so I'm it's not. really. I wasn't. No, <laughs> I wasn't. No, I was. Didn't, you didn't think it was going to get done. I think uh -huh. I, the only signing for Man City that I've been quite fond upon this past two weeks is Doku, and I want Dani Olmo now because Dani Olmo. Yeah. I think he wants to convince Guardiola that he needs it because <laughs> right now that's seventy million. Oh my, yeah. the seventy. Damn. That's 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 what that's what Leipzig is asking Look, for. And who hey, who yeah. can blame Leipzig for asking for 70 after their whole you know Nkunku, Gavardiol mm -hmm. and who am I missing? Yeah, uh, yeah, another yeah. one is it's gone. True. Uh, so, so imagine Shobos if Leipzig no, sell <laughs> sell Dani Olmo for 70 million after they sell Shobos like Gavardiol and yeah. Nkunku getting 230 million. That's 300 million in one window if they sell Daniel Mo. Yeah. But I think he's gonna stay. They, Come on. <laughs> they can't. Yeah, they can't spend it fast enough. But uh, you know what? I I don't think there's any worry mm -hmm. about Manchester City in the long term. But this was one of those moments mm -hmm. that I mean, it it stinks. De Bruyne injured once again. But mm -hmm. once a, long term. It makes sense that it's got to be Phil Foden to step up. I agree. Um, it really does. It has to be, and I think he's built for this in that sense. He's done it, I guess, previously. But I'd like to see Phil Foden dominant for a whole season, um, and then maybe we can. Uh, exactly. I don't know. Bukayo, Bukayo Saka. I want to see Bukayo Saka vibes uh, from Phil Foden. I think I'm going to get killed by that in the comments because there are a lot of people out there that believe Phil Foden. Um, is a better player than Bukayo Saka. Uh, um, and for me, Foden yeah. should be the 10 of England long-term. It should be Kane forwards, left-wing Rashford, Foden at the 10, and Saka yeah. at the right, and behind them, Declan Rice and Jude. I think that's the expectations yeah. of every England fan if they develop the right way, in my opinion. Yeah. it could be. I could be okay. wrong. But tell us what are you yeah. thinking in the comment section with City and Phil Foden too. So... Top yep. four of the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga has been yes. so interesting. And we wanted to give you just glimpses of what we're thinking of expectations for next season. But don't forget to tell us yours in the comment section down below. And don't forget to like, like, like this video for more predictions. More predictions just like this. So top four of the Bundesliga, right. Breton. I think, Yeah. look, I think we'll have this team, both of us. But it's just how bold do we have them? <laughs> Uh, yeah. I don't know if you're knowing uh, if you know to who I'm to whom I'm referring to, but uh, will I start I, with the fourth? 
Well, how about I start with a fourth because okay. it's my most controversial pick. Oh, you ready? I, I, I'm feeling the same, mate. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Well, my fourth place right now mm-hmm. is actually Bo Rush Dortmund. Mate, you're putting Leverkusen third. I'm putting Leverkusen second. Oh, <laughs> I'm with you yeah. with Leipzig and Leverkusen second and third yeah. to to Dortmund mm. fourth. Look, this is yeah. we're saying oh, really? everything from the start. <laughs> this you see, wow. this is the predictions videos that you guys deserve. Oh. We're saying what you, you need have Dort- to know. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you have Dortmund fourth. You have I Dortmund have, fourth. Wait, I have Dortmund third. Uh-huh. I have Dortmund third. Oh, okay. 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 I just okay. wanted to. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, listen. I, I like Sebastian Haller is going to score a lot of goals this year. I, I don't think we can. I don't think we're going to argue that. It's just whether or not he gets injured or uh, and you know um, goes mm-hmm. from there. It, it really comes down for Dortmund to do what they did again mm-hmm. last season amidst a very vulnerable looking Bayern Munich. Uh, have it slip away. It comes down to whether or not there's strength to Daniel Malin to Karim Adeyemi, to um, Yusofa Mukuku, who we haven't really seen take a big step up since being kind of melded into this uh, this this 11, or this 18, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, come on. Jude Bellingham leaves, and they bring in Marcel Sabitzer. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, you know, Rafael Guerrero leaves, and they bring in Ben Sabayani, which these are okay, good good Bundesliga signings, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. But it's not like what we are, have grown used to no, from agree. the Dortmund always scouting the next thing up. I don't know if this is a sea change that's happening. I don't know if the loss of Jude Bellingham uh, hurts them uh, just mentally too, because of how big he was in that squad, which we're seeing now mm-hmm. considering how quickly he's, you know, become one of the best players on Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is something that I'm bummed about, and it is something that I think is more of an uncertainty than it is a certainty moving forward for Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting away from their strengths, and I'd, I'd like to see them get back to that, which is talent identification and, and giving chances to young players, uh, some of the best young players in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so fourth place it is until they prove to me that they are back to that. I Look, I don't want to be... I think you you went very well with some of these points. I like Terzic, yeah. but I agree with you. The signings that they did, I had higher yeah. expectations too. They let go of Jude yeah. Bellingham, and now the midfield mm-hmm. is Emre Can, which is the captain, with Sabitzer. And in front of him, you have Malen, Reus, and then you have Spassian Haller to forwards, and Julian Brandt at the left wing. Is this yeah. a team to beat Bayern Munich? No. Is this a team to beat Leverkusen and Leipzig? Maybe. And the fact that it's a maybe is bad for Dortmund. Mm. I'm here mm-hmm. with the third and the fourth. Switch the room. Switch. I don't really want to say <laughs> that they're going to be finishing third or fifth. But since yeah. you went with Dortmund uh, going fourth, I'll go with them third. And the team, okay. I believe, that will be finishing fourth is Bayer Leverkusen. I think okay. they're going to be much, much better than last season, that uh, at the mm. beginning of uh, last season. And uh, okay. why? Chabi Alonso. Chabi Alonso yeah. has extended two years with this Leverkusen team. Chabi Alonso has convinced Grimaldo to come. He signed Boniface, that Boniface is going to be one of the best strikers in the Bundesliga. Everything has yes. been doing with this team. He's improved Leverkusen. So I totally believe they'll be getting to Champions League football with this team. And once again, I'll state this big time. Mm-hmm. Leverkusen has a top 10 duos 
right. Leverkusen has a top 10 duo of fullbacks for a three center back system with Jeremy Fringpong that is mad, mm-hmm. mad that he's still at Leverkusen and now Grimaldo that they've signed from Benfica. He was seven years at Benfica. So he's now with Xabi Alonso at Leverkusen. Very changed team. Palacios, Shaka, Florian Wirtz, a full season of Florian Wirtz, people, is a player to go yeah. to Man City next season, no doubt, and convinced. Because in a short period of time that he played last season, he had one goal and six assists. I can guarantee yeah. you, you'll have triple the assists and 20 times the goals, maybe. <laughs> if Ooh. it goes right. Imagine 20 Ooh. goals. That would be mad. But 10 goals, I believe he can get to that. Okay? So yeah. just the goal involvements, the, he's going to triple them. I just wanted to say it like that. <laughs> so, but, you, but you think if, if Leipzig is your second, you think that Leverkusen and Leipzig are still very, very close in the table. Very I mean, close. Second, third, and fourth. So I, it's, think, uh, yeah. I think it's going to be – the first is going to be very first, and the second, yeah. third, and fourth will be, will be fighting between each other. Yes. Uh, well, I'm with you. And I think, obviously, you have to consider Leipzig has already been rated – Mm-hmm. Uh, for their best players, and they're playing catch-up. They can't spend their money fast enough, and they haven't found a way to do so just yet. Um, luckily, they got ahead of it, but those players are going to take time. Luke and Taylor, I, yeah. I think it's the same thing with Leverkusen. I think maybe in the winter window, you're going to see some of these. I mean, nobody has stopped looking at Frimpong. Let's just let's just get that out there. I because so. Frimpong is definitely seen as somebody that could slot in right away for a lot of teams that are considered stronger than Leverkusen. Um, I I think the big thing for me and why I've got Leverkusen in second is they need uh, guys like um, Granit Xhaka and Jonas Hoffman, the veteran presence that they brought in to kind of not babysit, but definitely be the glue, the Bundesliga glue to the rest of these young guys. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really think that that is going to pay dividends, especially with a guy like Xabi Alonso at the helm. Um, And I think over time, you're going to see uh, Leverkusen be one of the more dynamic and one of the more exciting teams um, in the Bundesliga, but it's also going to translate to more wins. I uh, so I, that's why I've got them second and Leipzig kind of hanging on in third slash fourth. And, but, um, and going with what you it, said too, Boniface, yeah. no joke, could yeah. be the second best striker in the Bundesliga behind Kane if it goes right for him yeah. this season. The finishing... The technique, the power of Boniface is just different. This is a player that Leverkusen could be selling for like 80 to 100 million in today's Ooh. market. In today's Ooh. market. He's still young, Breton. If we see those Ozzy oh, yeah. May numbers, I wouldn't be shocked yeah. for one day Boniface numbers, okay? Because that game against yeah. Leipzig, he was in Krebdeblal. Okay, 3-2. But, uh, okay, I said Dortmund fourth, uh, Leverkusen mm-hmm. third. Uh, I go second Leipzig, though. I believe this Leipzig team is different in structure, and now they're just looking much better. I see a lot of new references in this club. I know Kvartiol and Kunku, Shobosli have all left, but I think Danioma will stay. I think uh, Seifold, Seifold, great signing, will be very important. Simakin, very important center-back, too. They've signed Lukeba, and then you have Mm -hmm. Xavi Simmons, Fabio Carvalho, all players that want to be much, much better than last season for their given clubs. Just prove it. Prove that they're much better, especially Xavi Simmons. So I'm just positive yes. with the decision-making from the top. And I really believe that even the signings that they've gotten with Alpinda too. Sorry, I can't forget Alpinda. 
will be a yep. very big plus. So yeah, I'll yeah. go with Leipzig at second, third. Uh, uh, second. L- let's just say. I I agree with a lot of what you say, but I think there's a lot of variability there because I I'm not incredibly excited about that defense. I am not at all. Um, I you know looking at Simicon, Orban, and Lukeba as your back, your center backs uh, heading into a very very busy full season. Um, I just don't inspire. It doesn't inspire confidence. So basically, if they make what I'm saying is if they make a solid another say splash the cash center back signing i should probably think of who i'm uh suggesting before i even suggest this uh then i think that leipzig could maybe uh get up there second or third uh but bitchyabu it, it's too early for him to come in and be that you know really know, really yeah. good um stri- he's a big boy he's 18 years Orban old and, and he's got a high ceiling i think but, i think yeah. it's Orban and Simakin and david rom at left back he's great he's a great player so, uh, well, let's see. Take it some time. But our first yeah, let's place, see, but... our first place yes. we have in common. <laughs> Bayern yeah, Munich we do. getting the first place once again. Harry Kane finally winning a trophy. We believe it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, it is going to happen. Uh, I, I, I maintain this, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, but seeing him in a Bayern shirt is just beyond bizarre. Uh, but look, he looked at home. Um, even if he doesn't understand the language, uh, he certainly looked absolutely at home in that, f- I think it was 5-0 drubbing of Werder four Bremen. 4-0, 4-0. Um, I watched that game. 4-0, 4-0, really okay. Uh, yeah, and he's already opened his account. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, as a little bit of a side note there, uh, I got to mention Thomas Mueller, um, mm-hmm. even though this has nothing to do with predictions. Uh, he is once again setting records, and it's amazing. He becomes the first player in Bayern history to play 16 Bundesliga seasons uh, for Bayern Munich to put that shirt on. So even though he is definitely kind of, you know, his career is starting to taper off and he's starting to become more of like this professor emeritus for Bayern Munich, it's amazing to see that he is still um, – you know, Fantastic being rate. celebrated as he should be a legend. Yeah. So seasons. I'm that's mad. It, that's mad. It oh. is. It is. And I, I, I got to say, I know we've said this previously, but Harry Kane is the exact perfect striker mm-hmm. that they need to continue their um, long reign at the top. And to play um, with Alfonso Davis. I <laughs> just wanted oh, to say gosh. that because Alfonso Two Davis. Two assists in that game. He, I watched yeah. that game and Alfonso Davis in that game was electric. He seemed a lot more yeah. the Alfonso Davis that Bayern needed in the past few seasons. So I'm going to yeah. say this. This is going to be Alfonso Davis' best season with a Bayern Munich shirt coming up. These two okay. assists, he's looking electric. And Harry Kane yeah. with him. I've got high expectations. Come on, Musiala, too. Come on. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, well, there you go. So fourth place for me in the Bundesliga is going to be Borussia Dortmund. Third place is going to be RB Leipzig. Second place is going to be Bayer Leverkusen. And first place uh, will be Bayern, Bayern Munich. And um, I'm here if anyone wants to prove me wrong. Xavi uh, Alonso ball. Xavi Alonso ball right there. <laughs> I honestly believe that they could catch lightning. I think I think he could. Where's uh, Union Berlin? Some of these. Where's Union I know, Berlin? I was just about to bring them up. Um, watching that Union Berlin game, they looked absolutely great. Um, they 
They have a 32-year-old striker that is not Geraldo Becker. It's mm -hmm. not Jordan Sabachu. Um, it was Kevin Behrens, of all people. Um, but him with David Dotra Fofana stretching the defense for him was really, really interesting. So Chelsea fans, um, you you got to be watching Union Berlin this year because I do believe, based on the strength of their defense, um, they have a good goalkeeper. Based on the strength of their defense, I, I think they could once again outperform their XG as they did last year, and uh, yeah. they could sneak in there. That's for sure. And Wolfsburg. Um, so Union Berlin is my wild card. And right Wolfsburg. Now. You never know what can happen. Come on, Tiak Tomash. Surprise the world. Yeah. But tell us down below Come on, Kevin. your top four. Uh, Kevin Parish too. Come on. I love it. <laughs> love it. down below your predictions, and don't forget to like this video. But yes, yes. what a week. What a week it was oh for Real Madrid. Jude yep. Bellingham went bold. And right now, with Kevin De Bruyne injured, is Jude Bellingham the best midfielder in the world currently right now? Okay? <laughs> He's got, in two games, Jude Bellingham has yeah. three goals and one assist for Los Blancos. Jude Bellingham is improving everyone around him. Jude Bellingham makes Ancelotti change the style of play of Real Madrid. And Jude Bellingham mm -hmm. is happy playing next to Vini and, Mod and Toni Kroos. This is different different what's it, coming it, people i'm excited i'm excited <laughs> it, it, it is i am excited too it, it's the intangibles that impress me the most uh, mm -hmm. this does not look like a 20 year old playing his first games in la liga this does not look like a 20 year old with a hundred million dollar price tag you know around his neck uh oh yeah there he just seems to level up wherever he goes mm -hmm. he really does uh as a teenager he became a leader of one of the better clubs in the bundesliga he already looks like a leader in a Real Madrid shirt. He already knows the ins and outs of his teammates. I mean, I don't know if you saw that video of him celebrating Vinicius's goal mm -hmm. after Tony yes. Cruz sent a beautiful bending, you know, through ball right into Vinny Jr.'s path. Mm -hmm. He already knew that that goal was scored simply because, you know, Jude Bellingham Repetition. is, and he's, he said this previously in a quote, I believe, but Jude Bellingham says, I'm a sponge. He goes, it's amazing. He's not intimidated about being out there with some of the best in the world. He literally looks at it as an, as an opportunity to get better. And you honestly, Agreed. you can't teach that. I you agree. cannot teach that. He, he shies away from no moment. Um, and I, I have to say, I do think uh, he's up there with one of the most versatile, one of the best midfielders in the world right now. Mm -hmm. He has to be. Oh, right? yeah. He's definitely um, in the top three talk in form right now. Yeah unreal what he's doing um, in Los Blancos and that in, in such a short period of time Jude Bellingham is the first player since Christian Ronaldo to score in his first two games for Real Madrid wow. back to back since Christian Ronaldo a 20 year old Bellingham that I'm yeah. starting to believe that guy that was saying to Bellingham before he came to Real you're gonna win a Ballon d'Or if you come to Real Madrid that guy convinced Bellingham and he was right in terms of potential because he's looking really good, Bellingham. And I completely agree. A big reasoning towards Bellingham looking so good and being so much of a big impact uh, in short, short period of time is because he's learning from Modric and Kroos. Completely, completely agree. And I want this to say yeah, on Real yeah. Madrid's side, it's disrespectful that Vinicius Jr. keeps getting this. It's disrespectful that Vinicius Jr. isn't in the top 10 list of the UEFA best players last season. This is mad that UEFA have picked ahead of Vinicius, Jesus Navas, McAllister, oh, come on. 
they have picked these players, Brozovic, and I got to check just to see the last name, and it's Declan Royce. All these oh. players have been picked ahead of Vinicius Jr. with quality. That is mad. How can you do that with to such a talented individual? The, like, what? Yeah, if you're, if you're, that, that's, that's, that's sad. I mean, if you're going to do that, you have to release. I, I need a, I need at least 50 pages why? on why. Exactly. Because that's, 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 it is. I agree. It's disrespectful to, to, like, it was I, yeah, good for in the World Cup in a FIFA tournament. Oh, okay, for Inter, right. he was good, too, in the UEFA Champions League. No, it's true, he was. I, I can't beat this yeah. thing here. But Declan Rice for the Conference League. So you mean to say what Declan Rice did in the Conference League, <laughs> it, yeah. winning the Conference League, which was fantastic, West Ham history was bold, is better than what Vinicius Jr. has been doing for Real Madrid? That, that's yeah. No comparison. No comparison. Not even in the slightest. <laughs> and it, it, it is, that's absolute, uh, that's bull donkey. I don't know of a better way to say it. That's just crap. Um, but you know, one, once again, I'm, I'm pretty sure Vinny will, uh, will shush the haters at some point <laughs> in, in the very near future. But Hey, this Real Madrid, I, I cannot wait. Uh, we've said it before, but El Clasico comes around and seeing Jude Bellingham in El Clasico, um, with such an advanced role with such a different style, mm -hmm. uh, than what we've seen Real Madrid play. And, um, I I'm here for it and I'm excited and, uh, uh, I'm excited to see. I, unfortunately, we're filming this before Barca plays, but uh, I hope I hope Barca has a response here. I hope Gavi <laughs> and Pedri, the guys right around uh, Jude Bellingham's age, um, you know, throw in a hat trick or something oh, to make things really I interesting because it's it's going to be a, a hell of a battle in La Liga this season it's for sure. Bellingham, for Bellingham's sure. Uh, Bellingham this season is the start of the season is putting everyone on edge with the best midfield in yes. the world. So. Because now the best midfield in the world talk with Bellingham playing like this is Real Madrid. <laughs> Camavinga, Padre Valverde, yeah. Tony Cross, Madrid, Chiuameni. Like, the options are insane. Yeah. <laughs> insane. Well, he's, he's easily – Bellingham is easily in pole position even though he's not even been there or it's not even two weeks into the season. Mm -hmm. He's easily in pole position to win his first player of the month uh, in La Liga. And listen, this Damn. past weekend – I just have to bring this but, up. But, and maybe but, this is a but, segment. But it's but yeah. it's but just saying what what just going with what you're saying. Tell us. Yeah. Do you believe the Real Madrid are going to go bold at the Champions? Do you believe that Mbappe will get done? <laughs> Tell us yeah. in the comment section yeah. and don't forget to like for more Real Madrid content. Saying that you want it. Mm. But this past few this this week, what happened? Something mad, right, well, Brenton? <laughs> Something mad, something mad. Um, League's Cup is done. Mm -hmm. Is that where we're going? You want to go to League's Cup Leagues right now? Cup, yes. Um, League's uh, Cup. All right, Ooh. let's go to League's Cup because uh, in 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 the blink of an eye, Lionel Messi comes in. He plays in basically a preseason competition for himself, even though it's a very competitive one against all Liga MX teams mm -hmm. and all the MLS teams. They shut down the league essentially for his entry. It wasn't just for his entry. No. Um, and, and here he is scoring 10 goals in seven games, uh, leading them to a penalty kick shootout win in front of 30,000 plus at Nashville um, and doing so in style. And I have never seen a man with a bigger smile on his face. He is enjoying life, um, <laughs> and he is enjoying making all of his teammates better. So kudos to Inter-Miami. They have won mm -hmm. League's Cup, um, and now they get to go back to the reality, Alex, but, of the fact that when they resume Major League mm -hmm. Soccer, they are the worst team well, in 
the league. Well, before uh, Messi right now. Mes before Messi arrived, Inter Miami were the worst team in MLS. Now, yep. they're a League's Cup winner, and everyone yeah. in the MLS will want to see Messi with Inter Miami playing. They'll be the most watched team. That's the impact of it Busquets, Alba, and Messi. More Messi. Absolutely. And it's mad and, that and Inter I, Miami, yeah. Inter Miami mm -hmm. before Messi, they had 11 games, zero wins. After Messi, yep. seven games, seven wins. And Messi had six matter of the match uh, awards and 10 goals yes. and one assist. That's Matt, yep. the top goal scorer of League's Cup and the best player mm -hmm. too in just a yeah. short period of time. Like the fact that he's and doing it. <laughs> it it's, it's true. Uh, I mean, come on. He, uh, David Beckham was in tears after this thing uh, because it means that much. I don't think people realize Inter Miami is not an old team. It has club, not yeah. been around that long. It's a new club. This is their first trophy. Mm -hmm. And they have had, if you look at the very short history of, uh, of Inter Miami, it has been tumultuous at best because they were bringing in players left and right, and uh, they had some sanctions slapped against them, mm -hmm. uh, which, believe it or not, allowed them to focus on the long-term nature of bringing in who? Messi. Of bringing in... Leo Messi, and they've done everything they can to make Messi as successful as possible, bringing in a guy like Jordi Alba, who is not there to sit on the bench or collect a paycheck as much as he was a flipping lightning rod in mm -hmm. those late stages of the games in Busquets. Uh, once again, you don't talk about him because Messi's um, scoring goals and whatnot, but Busquets was very clearly one of the better midfielders or the best midfielder in all of League's Cup. But you brought yeah. up the, the wins, right? Just the goals scored, okay? Just the goals scored. In, in 22 games previous to Messi, Inter-Miami scored 22 goals, mm -hmm. averaging one a game. In these last um, seven games that Same. they've won every one of, they have scored 22 goals. Mm -hmm. So it's taken them a third of the time to be, you know, as on point to to feel they still have a ways to go to be able to win MLS Cup. Mm -hmm. But my goodness, I might have to walk back um, my assumption that maybe MLS would be too hard oh, for Lionel Messi to to rally around people. I still venture that it's going to be tougher than he's than most people are giving it credit for. League's Cup is very different. Well, what do you it mean is new. tougher than it, people think it's going to be? Well, I think well, Messi will get to the playoffs with Inter Miami, right? It, uh, it, it, they have 12 games to do so. I am will certainly they get there? with how for. Yes, I believe that they will get and there because with how forgiving the playoffs are. And my question um, is, so you, so you agree with yeah. me that Messi will get to the playoffs of the MLS uh, Cup. So now my question is, who can possibly eliminate Inter-Miami in the MLS Cup? Well, no one. Well, no. Dallas came close. Uh, Nashville came close. It can certainly be done. I believe it can be done. Their, their defense is still not very good. Their defense is still not very good. But, yes, if you have Messi on point, I mean, Messi, we basically gifted Messi his goals um, versus, you know, my team, Philadelphia, who, by the way, ended up punching above their weight and finishing third out of all these 47 teams. So I'm pretty happy about it. We're in the Champions Cup along with Lionel Messi and Nashville or Inter-Miami and Nashville. But I have to say there are definitely teams in MLS that can beat Inter Miami. I want to see. There it. are definitely teams, I want to and see LAFC it. is going to be one of them. Um, and it will be very, very interesting to see them against them. But they did not dominate Nashville. They did not dominate Nashville. I, they won on PKs. I right? agree. They won on penalty I kicks. agree, but and how they, can they dominate yeah. if they were the worst team before Messi arrived? I think just Messi arriving well, no. makes them better 
than the other team. Oh, maybe not you're, you're by a, a big stretch, but by a little mm -hmm. stretch, is it already enough? I think. But I, I agree yeah. with where you're coming from. But just from yeah. what I'm seeing right now, just with Busquets and Alba with Messi, I already say yeah. that they're the best team in the MLS. I can't even imagine with two or three more signings, they're gonna be True. like ridiculous. They're like they're gonna win everything yeah. in the MLS. So uh, in yeah. terms of competition, it puts me a bit. As, as a person looking from Europe outside to the MLS, it tells me that the mm -hmm. level of the competition isn't where I thought it was, maybe. You know what I mean? I thought Philly would be much harder for Lionel Messi than it uh, was. And wa watch, watch, watch that game again. That was not that was us giving too much respect. A lot of space. More so. A lot of yeah, space. Exactly. So exactly. much space to and, Messi. And they'll, they'll learn. They'll learn. Nobody has gone up to Messi yet, and I'm not calling for this in any way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. but nobody has gone up and given a you know big physical welcome to Lionel Messi uh, yet. Uh, the League's tried. Cup is going to be different than MLS regular season. The League's Cup is going mm -hmm. to be very different than MLS playoffs. Okay. Um, I'm not saying Lionel Messi can't run a train on MLS and in the playoffs, but what I am saying is I fully expect uh, MLS defenses to learn from this and to grow and to try okay. and actually contain in some ridiculous capacity <laughs> the Lionel Messi, right? Now you. the most decorated, Lionel Messi, now the most decorated player on the planet with Facts. his 44th trophy, Unreal. 44th Title and to do it with Inter Miami, he's gonna win the Ballon d'Or yeah. in the MLS. And to be fair, yeah, what would a player in the that would win a Ballon d'Or do in the MLS? What Messi's doing? Mm. So I cannot like say that he's not playing as one of the best players no. in the world because he's doing no. just that too in the new league. But uh, but and saying with what you said to just with most decorated player, yeah. like and yeah. it's inevitable. I just wanted to say, Messi just arrived in the uh -huh. US. He wins a trophy. The first trophy of Inter Miami in a League's Cup. And Ronaldo just arrived in Al Nasser and they win the first Arab trophy ever. So both icons are both developing different leagues and still going bold at an old age, above 35. So I just wanted to but give let's, a special segment to that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But let's hope uh, Messi's return to the regular season games goes a little bit better than... Cristiano Ronaldo and Al Nasser's. I think they've lost yeah, their games. first two games to start this season. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be but fine. But I'm just saying. And Jared won two. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, but but I'll, I'll tell you what. Mm -hmm. League's Cup, when all is said and done, this is the last thing I'll say on it, it was definitely a hit. The Liga MX clubs, mm -hmm. I think, will come back bigger. I mm -hmm. think they'll come back uh, probably pissed off. Um, I don't think they're going to back out of this. There's too many dollars uh, involved. Um, I think the League's Cup is here to stay. Um, it will be treated with a lot more vitriol um, mm -hmm. moving forward and a lot more seriousness. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm proud of the Philadelphia Union, what they did, because I don't think people realize the Philadelphia Union for the last two, three years, has they've been punching above their weight in terms of how much they spend. The most they have ever spent on a player is $3 million. $3 million. That's it, That's right? Um, and they consistently are in the bottom quarter of spenders in I the league. You. And right now, um, they, in this version of MLS, and they're going to have to level up in the future thanks to Messi's arrival. Mm -hmm. So don't get me wrong there. They have done um, what I, I can only dream of in terms of watching my hometown club uh, get it done. I wish oh, they would have had a better showing against uh, Messi. Brendan but Aronson. something tells me. You sold Brendan yeah. Aronson in the past. No, so you're developing gosh, we, talent. We 
We sell everybody. That's the, that's the issue. <laughs> well, we sell everybody. Well, Mackenzie, uh, Aronson, you name it, they're gone. Gazdog and Wagner and Carranza are probably going to go too in the future. But listen, this is, if you think Messi is now and Inter-Miami is now the best team in the league, mm-hmm. um, my guess is that that is a siren call. That is a call to arms for the rest of MLS teams. <laughs> and this is, what, this is exactly what Major League Soccer wanted. A call to they arms. Want Messi to exactly they <laughs> want Messi to ignite the the spending and the the worldwide wide reputation and the intrigue and interest around it it's not there yet from a competitive standpoint but my guess is that it will be in the future and we will be looking at Messi as that reason I hope so I hope so but so, the way I'm seeing yeah. is Miami is getting much stronger and the rest are still you know still trying to cope with it but wanted to give my last shout out to Drake Callender one of the reasons yes. why Messi got this award, he scored a pen in the shootout. He saved the pen in the shootout. He saved a yes, massive, sir. massive uh, chance from uh, Nashville at the end. So Drake Callender yeah. is a huge reason why Messi got the least Cup. And he was the best goalkeeper of the competition. But tell us, what mm-hmm. do you expect with this Messi arrival? Can he win? The ML- will he win the MLS Cup? Yes, he can. But will he do it? We want to know what are you thinking in the comment section down below. And don't forget yes, to sir. like this video. So, yeah. Wonder Kids well. reference. Wonder Kids to watch. This yes. week, we're going to bring you a special list of players. And I'll start here, Breton, by saying, like father, like son. Your example. Okay, but tell us your examples in the comment section down below of Wonder Kids that we yeah. didn't mention. But my example will be... Ruben van Bommel, okay? In his Azelkmaar nice. debut, he had a goal and a debut. Uh, and that is a pretty good start, if you ask me. And I know yes. his father is a PSV legend. But seeing mm-hmm. another van Bommel doing his own path in, in, in the Eredivisie is fantastic to see. So, people, yeah. pay attention to a technically gifted youngster at Azelkmaar that his name is van Bommel too, that is Ruben van Bommel. That's a wonderful shout. Uh, very different players, right? Mm-hmm. Van Bommel would uh, snap your leg off. Midfielder. This Van Bommel's uh, <laughs> a, a little more technical. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, 19 years old, wonderful player. And, unfortunately, I think he jumped over with the American there. So, I don't – Mihailovic is going to be coming off from, uh, off the bench. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Van Bommel's great, though. Well, if you're talking about father and son, I got to talk about brothers. Mm. Because we just talked about Jude Bellingham, right? 20 years old, taking Real Madrid by storm, taking La Liga by storm. We'll see if that lasts. But mm-hmm. what, what I've got to bring up is that on the same day, his 17-year-old brother, who moved on from his boyhood club of Birmingham, uh, yes. Birmingham City to Sunderland at the Stadium of Light in front of a bunch of screaming fans, scores a brace on the same day that his brother, Jude, scores a brace. And Joe Bellingham was the hero for Sunderland in Skybat Championship. I think it was versus Rotherham. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just wonderful to see him uh, doing that. that that's I, I have to say it. That's got to be the first time that two brothers scored a brace on the same day. Uh, right? It, it, yeah, I uh, don't know if it's the same t- the first time, but definitely one of the first. <laughs> I mean, if we have any if we have any historians out there that can actually do that digging for mm-hmm. us, that'd be wonderful because um, I think it's got to be one of the first and even better. I believe uh, both of them scored a right-footed goal right. and both of them also scored a header. So they both scored very similar style types of goals. 
Um, but listen, Job Bellingham is one, I think, if you look at Job from afar, you're like, holy crap, that's Jude. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, <laughs> um, taller, wirier, Just but they position. play... <laughs> they play different positions. That's the biggest difference. But if you don't know Job Bellingham for some reason, 17 years old, he's playing for Sunderland, FC Wonder Kid basically in, in the championship. Uh, watch out for Job because he's going to be rising, I'd imagine, from here on and out I, after this brace. And I wanted to give uh, what Job Bellingham, fantastic reference, yeah. okay? And Job Bellingham arrives to Sunderland for a three million pound fee, and he's replacing Ahmad Diallo. Ahmad Diallo, mm-hmm. that is one of the star boys at Man United's academy, that was so impressive with a Sunderland shirt. And Joe Bellingham's coming with those expectations to replace a player like him. So big credit to Joe Bellingham to be doing just that. So I here with another reference, a bold reference that I want to see. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you know this player, okay? Because I've just figured out his... I just figured that I just found out about him this weekend and I did a lot of digging mm-hmm. and I watched three 90 minute games when he was at Zilina. This is a hint. Mm-hmm. Put down below if you know the player I'm talking about. Okay. So the player I'm referring to is Leo Sawar, the future of Slovakia. Mm-hmm. He scored a last minute equalizer for Arne Slotsman, Feyenoord. And yep. pay attention to this winger. Can play very well with both feet. Technically, very gifted, and Feyenoord only signed him for 235000 Okay, wow. from Slovakian team Zilina. Feyenoord doing elite business, just like they did with Matthias Wiefer, getting him for 500000 from Excelsior. This, too, will be seen as an elite business long-term. Slovakian winger Leo Sauer. Remember the name. Nice. Two wingers, yeah, I've was, said um, already. <laughs> Two 17-year-old yeah, wingers. Oh, my days. I'm... Uh, how- no, 19, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, Alex, I'm actually angry at myself that I missed him. Mm. Um, I did not know that he had that goal uh, for Feyenoord. Yeah. Wow. Good Late call. minute equalizer. He was phenomenal. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I was watching him with Slovakia in one of the European. Under 19, uh, I think. He played in the under 19. Is that 19, what it was? I the think. U19 Euros. Yeah. And he definitely stood out. Um, and yeah, only 17 years old. He's late too. I think he's like. December, late December born in mm-hmm. 2005. So um, great, great shout. And definitely not one I was expecting you to throw out there. So nice, uh, nice Why one. Though? All right. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going with the brother theme here. Mm-hmm. Um, as you could probably imagine, I uh, got jazzed up about Jude and Joe Bellingham scoring on the same day. Well, I'm now going to get jazzed up about, we talk about Rasmus Winter Holland a lot at Manchester United and um, mm-hmm. previously at Atalanta. Uh, believe it or not, he has twin brothers. Uh, there's Oscar and there is Emil. But this time <laughs> I'm going to talk about Oscar Winterholland, yeah. who is a midfielder. And he uh, got the chance for Copenhagen, which is where all the Holland boys uh, came from. Uh, he got the chance to get his first league start this uh, over the weekend. And he actually assisted another 18-year-old in the process uh, with uh, their goal, um, I believe, in a, in a win. Um, in a league win. So mm-hmm. Oscar Winterholland and their striker brother, Emil Winterholland, are two you have to watch at 18 years old. They are, yes, twin brothers, and they will be playing in European competitions this season for FC Copenhagen, and they will be playing in the 3F Super League in. Um, so if you're extra stoked about Rasmus Winterholland, then um, I'd watch out for Oscar and Emil. Um, so that's... 
That's two great That's shouts. It. Yeah, Oscar. So yeah, yeah uh, with the Wonder Kids references, like I, I don't have any more on my side. Maybe I just want to refer to people at home. Watch out for Wirtz this season. For me, it's mandatory yeah. that Wirtz will have a much better season than his last two. And I think Xabi Alonso sees in him as the future, not just of Leverkusen, but of Germany too. So that would be yeah. my special reference to watch for the whole season. Florian Wirtz okay. and obviously João Neves. Please see our five Wonder Kids to Move video that we posted on YouTube. We refer to a lot more players that are balling out weekly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any yeah. other? Yeah. No, just just one more, uh, more so a move. And, uh, you know, with everything that's been going on in, on a side of the world that's un unfortunately uh, at war, um, there is someone that just landed at Real Sociedad. Yes. Uh, easily the best young player in the Russian Premier League, uh, 20 years old. Um, and Arsene Zakarian is definitely somebody you're going to want to watch for Real Sociedad now that he's there. Um, I think he's going to slot right into the team. Um, because it, it's not even this last season. It's like the last few seasons in the Russian Premier League mm -hmm. that he has been uh, one of the best. Um, and that's that's outside of just age. Mm -hmm. uh, he has been one of the one of the best up until he's now turned 20. So he's finally earned that move. Um, I think it would have come sooner if what was happening over there was not currently happening. Uh, but he joins for Real Sociedad for $13 million, And I'm very, very excited uh, to see him play in that Sociedad setup that I have finishing fourth place again in La Liga. Um, mm -hmm. And this, I think, further supports that theory that they'll do it again. Um, but Zakarian is definitely one you got to watch. He'll be replacing um, David Silva? Uh, yes. Hmm. Yes. They needed that. Yeah. He's Quite a retirement. Shoes. I big was shoes to fill. <laughs> exactly. And a retirement that we weren't expecting. So he'll be playing no. next to Takefusa Kubu and Oyarzabal. Yes, he yeah, will. Yeah, yes, they, they have a nice, really nice team. Really nice team. But people, they do. tell us your wonder kids that ball out last weekend that deserved a must shout in the comment section down below. And for more wonder kid reference videos, like this video so we know that you want on a weekly basis videos just like this if you're listening yeah. until now to episode 119 thank you so much for going bold in another video like this video comment down below your thoughts and yes people thank you for going bold on another uh, another week <laughs>